Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Harbor. All right. We good? We good? We ready to go? Say I'm ready. Beautiful. Awesome. Hey, so we are in a series right now at the Harbor called Controversial Jesus. And really the the goal of this series is that we've looked at some of the things that in 2020 in you know the United States in our Western culture in our community there are things that people are really wrestling with and topics that they are, are trying to figure out and in a lot of ways um, we don't want as the church to be silent about things that people have huge questions about and so we want to just be bold and step into the conversation because we believe that wherever the conversation is um, we have hope through our relationship with God. And so that's our goal for tonight. And tonight, um, our topic is going to be Jesus and mental health. Jesus and mental health. Um, And so I'm uh, honored to be joined on the stage by uh, three people who are far smarter than me, and uh, especially in this topic. Um, So uh, please welcome my guests, and I'm gonna have them introduce themselves in just a second here. So can we clap and uh, make them just feel welcome? Awesome. So uh, just I'll start with Hannah and just have us go around. If you could just in 15 to 30 seconds, just introduce yourself and let, you, let us know who you are. Yeah, so I'm Hannah. Um, I know most of you or a lot of you. So I'm really excited to be able to kind of co-host this mental health panel tonight and uh, just really excited to sit down with these ladies and um, hear the wisdom that they are going to share with us. So really excited to be here tonight with you guys. Clap, clap for yeah. And I'm Crystal Terman with Christopher Counseling Group, and I'm so honored to be invited here tonight and just so happy that you guys are interested in this topic from this perspective and happy to be here. My name is Marisis Garment. Um, I am a counselor with Renewed Counseling and also Family Counseling Centers. And I also work in the uh, detox facility with Circles of Care. So, and I'm also very blessed to be here with you guys to talk about such a very important topic. So, Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And, and we really are honored that you guys are here. Um, kind of the way that I'd love to, to kind of dive in and start the conversation is, you know, when we throw around this word of mental health, I think this is very much like a buzzword and a, a bit of a way that has been uh, popping up a lot in our culture, whether it's online or just in conversations. And I think a lot of people um, hear that word and it, it kind of creates maybe some confusion and there's almost like a huge question mark of what does that actually mean? Maybe even some people are skeptical about it. You know, it's almost like, all right, like, come on, let's talk about something, you know, real or something like that. So there's almost maybe like a skepticism or a confusion about even the idea of mental health. So just kind of to set a foundation and a baseline, um, if someone was either confused or skeptical about the concept of mental health, uh, what would you kind of explain to them to kind of say, this is what mental health is? Well, for me, I think I would explain it as it is a little bit hard to explain because if it was your physical health, you could see that. If it was a cut, you could see that, or a bruise, you could see that. But your mental health, you can't see it. You can't measure it. Well, science is starting to catch up to that. (laughs) However, 
um, how I would explain it is, it would be the, the quality of the effect of your life, the quality and the effect on your life. So if I am having emotional disruptance to a level that is affecting the quality of my life or at a frequency that I have to address it so much in my life that it's kind of consuming more of my time, then I would say that that's something that needs to be addressed. So where do I feel? Do I feel healthier in this area or do I feel less healthy in that area? So that's kind of, do you yeah. have anything to add? Um, I honestly just say it's, you know, we're mind, body, soul. Mental health is your mind, you know, taking care of your mind in all honesty. That's what, to break it down as easy as I would put it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I think that like regardless of where people are at kind of in their understanding of mental health or regardless of whether or not people have personally experienced things like anxiety and depression, I think that we're to a point in our culture where everybody's at least heard of those things um, and heard or know somebody who says they're struggling with anxiety or they're struggling with depression. So just to kind of jump into this, would you guys agree that anxiety and depression are two of the biggest mental health issues in our in our culture today? Most definitely they are, um, at least the ones that are most spoken of. Um, predominantly those are the clients I see, um, people whose just life has become so overwhelming they and they can't deal with it or handle it, cope with it properly, excuse me. Um, so yeah, anxiety and depression are definitely the top two um, issues that we, well, I see mostly. So could you define anxiety and depression just so we kind of have something to reference in our minds as we go forward? So, <laughs> um, wait, I feel like I'm speaking too much. Okay, so for me, anxiety is more like, okay, we all, and that's, I feel like that's kind of a hard word to describe because we all get anxious about certain things, right? Um, some people get anxious about public speaking. Um, <laughs> Um, like maybe right at this moment. Like maybe right at this moment that I'm just rambling on and on. Um, but it's not so consuming of me that I'm not able to be up here. Um, when it becomes, when anxiety becomes a problem, it's when I would refuse to take this mic and speak in, in front of you guys because my anxiety has taken over me. You know, um, so that's when anxiety becomes a problem when it's taken over you, it's consumed you, and you are limiting yourself from certain things because of your anxiety. Exactly. Okay. And then the same thing with depression. Right. You know, so I might have feelings of sadness mm -hmm. that range all the way to excluding myself from activities because I can't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. I can't take a shower because my body feels so heavy. Mm -hmm. To what degree, again, we're going back to that degree of impact on my life. Mm -hmm. And so I'm pulling away from, or I'm losing interest in certain activities that I used to enjoy. I'm, I'm staying away from my friends or making excuses to not go out and maybe isolating myself, those kind of things. So I think it's important when we're using these words, I think in our, in our culture, we throw it around, oh, I'm depressed. Are you depressed or are you sad? <laughs> you know, are you having feelings of sadness? Um, and, and to what impact is that? having on your life right now. Yeah, and, and I wanna take a moment and just kinda deep dive on that concept um, of, of just like, you know, am I, am I just anxious or am I feeling, or, or do I have anxiety or the same thing, like am I 
sad at this moment due to a sad thing that happened to me or am I actually experiencing depression? So um, how, how would how would someone know and almost like, you know, be able to, to process for themselves like when their anxiety levels or when their depression levels have reached, you know, a point where maybe further action is needed? I, I say the, the two week mark. If you're that way consistently more times than not for two weeks straight, then it's time to talk to somebody else and get another perspective is, is really what, what you would want to look for. Um, the other thing is any drastic thoughts during those times, a thought that wouldn't be like you if it's a, a real hopeless thought or a, a, a thought out of desperation. Mm -hmm. Like, that thought surprised me. I've never had a thought that I could be okay with this world would be okay without me. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That 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 would be a thought like I should talk to somebody sooner rather than later. Um, so if you have a thought that surprised you, you might want to talk to somebody sooner rather than later. And again, it goes back to your quality of life. If you notice that you're restricting yourself from certain things, that's when it's like, mm, okay, I really should talk to somebody about this. So. We've kind of been talking about anxiety and depression almost like together, but like what, what would be some of the like symptoms or some of the things that someone who is experiencing anxiety or experiencing depression, like what, what would that, what would some of those things just kind of like look like on like, let's say they're at the past the two week level where like the, these things have been, they've been experiencing these things for more than two weeks. Um, most of the common side effects or not side effects, um, symptoms of anxiety, um, well, there's uh, physiological and there's also just, I can't think of the other word right now, but some physical symptoms that you notice is, you know, uh, racing, um, heartbeat, uh, sweaty palms, um, again, or just like limiting yourself. Um, now I'm blanking on stuff, Crystal. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're going to limit yourself. You're going to avoid certain activities. Um, like how much time it's taken up in your thought, the racing thoughts. Yes, that's, racing the one you're, thoughts. <laughs> that's the one you're thinking of. And, um, and so the rapid heart rate, the heavy breathing, you might break out in a sweat. Um, and so those are the things that you might start modifying your behavior to limit those feelings. So that's the tricky one that I think, I think it's kind of tricky because you won't see those signs because you've already stopped doing the things that would cause that. You've already started modifying your behavior. And so what you might see first is your friends going, oh, man, we haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? We miss you. What's going on? You might be missing work more. You might, um, you might not be engaging in some volunteer work that you've been doing. Maybe you're avoiding that. Uh, maybe you're avoiding the hard conversations. Uh, maybe there's some other things you're procrastinating on. Look for those kind of things with anxious behavior. Um, also, your body, along with stress, you go into fight or flight. Um, so, you know, the fighting portion of it is, you know, you got to go, go, go. You got to do stuff. The flight of it is like, mm, I'm retracting from absolutely everything. Nothing else matters. I'm done with it. So those are kind of things that your body goes through. And your body is can tell you that you're going through a situation without you actually realizing that you're going through that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Headaches, yeah. digestive upset, mm -hmm. um, just some things that you would think are kind of normal. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're having frequent, more frequent headaches, more 
digestive issues than you would normally have or out of the normal, you know, that might be a sign that you're anxious, but you're not paying attention to that anxiety. And, and usually your body does give you an indication first. Yeah, that, that was my follow-up question to that was, um, does your body usually tell you first or is your mind usually aware of that first? Do you, do you guys see a mix of both of those? People don't really know how to read their body. Like if you're not self-aware, you're not gonna know like, oh, I've been having a headache for the past two weeks, you know, maybe when I do the certain thing every single time, you know? Um, which is why one of my questions are, like, when somebody tells me they've been anxious about certain things, I'm like, okay, what have you been feeling? What have you been noticing? Um, and that kind of breaks it down. And then it's like, okay, so what were you doing during those times when you felt that way? To kind of get to the root. And I'm That's great. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing those things. That's, that's super helpful. Um, let, let's kind of talk about, so let's say somebody's kind of in that place where they're like, man, like, I really have, like, genuinely experience those things and like you're talking about me you know whether it's like the fight or flight or just desiring to, to isolate or, or whatever it is like what is the next step for that person like how how can they step into like pursuing you know maybe moving moving in a healthy direction I would definitely recommend talking to maybe even start with talking to a friend who's had counseling what was your experience like what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Do you have a trusted counselor? Do you have somebody that you would recommend? Um, and then maybe look to find a counselor for yourself. If you have insurance, um, start with your insurance, start with your um, friend's recommendations, um, and ask for a consultation. Most counselors will do that and just interview them. I, I tell people that come in my door, you're interviewing me as much as I'm assessing the situation. <laughs> and don't be afraid to ask for a second opinion mm -hmm. to find a right fit. Because mm -hmm. there's not, there's, every therapist has their own personality and um, style. And it's okay if you don't mesh with the first person you meet. Mm -hmm. So find somebody that you feel comfortable with and you click with. And trust me, we do not get offended if you don't want to stick with us. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. If, if, if your counselor or, or mental health professional does, then they've really made your care about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's not really what we do. Right. Yeah, I wanted to ask, is, is there even like, um, and like, you know, Damaris, you mentioned like we're, we're body, soul, and spirit. Body, mind, and soul. Sorry, um, and uh, and you know, obviously, like those things are like interconnected together. Um, so, like, do do you think that always going to a counselor is like the first step, or are there even things that people can do maybe to try and like like start taking you know practical steps in in their daily life as well, or or is always going to a counselor the best the best first step? I don't know if it's the best first step. Um, honestly, just go to somebody that you're familiar with, like a best friend or somebody that can be honest with you, like, and just say, hey, I've been noticing these things. I don't know. Um, just open up and share with them, like with what you're struggling with, and maybe they can put some insight into it. Um, there's several groups out there that are going, there's several people who are going through the same thing. Just reach out to them. Um, and if you notice that, you know, trying to change certain behaviors is not helping, then I would say to seek counseling. I don't think you should just, oh, I'm really anxious for the past like two weeks. Let me go see a counselor. Unless 
in those two weeks, you're again having those, you know, harmful thoughts or you suicidal thoughts. So that's when I'm like, mm, no, you need to go see a counselor. So yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so for someone who might be kind of skeptical to see a counselor or might kind of say, well, I'm a Christian, I should be depending on God only, like he should be enough for me. What might you say to someone like that who maybe is to that point where they've, you know, they're to the point where they do need to see a counselor, but maybe they're not ready to take that step. What might you say to someone like that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm trying to screen that process properly. So I think that I agree that that we, you know, as Christians, we do want to rely on God. And I don't think going to counseling is not relying on God, Mm -hmm. especially if you're seeking Christian psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. And so I love to take the opportunity to educate people on the differences. So you have a counselor who is secular, and they believe in self-help, self-actualization. And Mm -hmm. when the self is in the gutter, what do they have to pull from? Then you have a counselor who is a Christian, but who may not necessarily know how to bring God into that session. So they might not pray with you. They might not utilize God's word during that session. um, But they may hold the same biblical worldview. And that's good, too, because they'll be able to understand where you're coming from. And when you talk about God, the Holy Spirit, um, they're not going to consider you delusional. And then you have your therapist who works, uh, you have your biblical counselor who counsels from the Bible, and they're going to counsel you in God's word. And they may not necessarily have the tools, additional tools that a a professional counselor would, but that is good. And we love that. When people come to us straight from biblical counseling, is they have such a great start. Oh, and that is one thing that I would recommend before counseling is, you know, if they have a biblical counseling program to go to, that's always a great first start. And our mentor, mentoring program through the church, that's a wonderful start. And then, and then if it's still needed to go to counseling is helpful as well. But a Christian psychotherapist will take God's word into that healing process. What does God's word say about anxiety, depression? How do we practically implement that to your healing process so that you can have, and what I, what I usually see is longevity in the healing process. And how do, how do we put this together for your, for your healing, for you specifically? How do you apply this word in your life and your specific circumstances to help you get through this situation, mm-hmm. this circumstance, or whatever it is you may be going through? Yeah. Did that answer? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And if, I mean, if I can just add on to that, um, I mean, Crystal, you and I have had a lot of conversations and you've like taught me a lot about kind of what like the behind the scenes of, of like what your goals are like as a counselor and things like that. And really like, you know, it it says in like Romans chapter 12 verses like one through two, you know, it's a very famous verse, but it talks about like, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And say what? That's where renewed counseling comes from. That's our verse. All right. Perfect. Come on now. (laughs) Yes. And I think that like, you know, that idea, like when you think about like be transformed by the renewing of your mind, like it's kind of easy to even ask the question, like, 
how do I do that? Like, how do I renew my mind? Um, you go to renew counseling. That's how. Um, but really, like the idea of like cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what you know, I believe what both of you guys practice, which is like just, I mean, isn't it basically a fancy word for renew your mind and like really giving you practical things to help you uh, take thought patterns that you are having and reverse them and and really apply God's word to them? Yeah. <laughs> she based her whole practice on that, right? It's all throughout the Bible. Yeah. It's all throughout God's it word, is. right? Okay. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. You know, I, I believe that, you know, how can you say that, you know, that is what relying on God is about. And he went before us, mm-hmm. gave us his word, and he left us with his spirit mm-hmm. to help us do that yeah. together. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so kind of going back to anxiety and depression specifically, uh, you kind of shared how someone knows when maybe they need to seek out that extra help, kind of that two-week notice almost. What would you guys say are some of the causes of anxiety and depression? And if you guys even wanted to expound on kind of the overlap or the cycle, because I know you guys mentioned when you have too much going on, you get anxious and that causes you to pull away, which can then lead you to feeling depressed, but then you don't want to engage because you'll feel anxious. So if you just guys want to explain on kind of that cycle and just the causes of anxiety and depression. It's, <laughs> um, it's honestly per person um, because what might cause me anxiety may not cause you anxiety. Um, in which like, um, oh my God, I totally blanked on Hannah. Name. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> like Hannah was saying, you know, uh, at some points you do or you are very anxious and then Again, you start retreating, which then just feeds, starts to slowly feed into your depression, and then you start slowly pulling away from the people that you love, and then that just you just start getting into this little hole, and once you're in that hole, it's hard to get out of. Um, it's possible, yes, that's what, you know, I mean, with God, anything's possible, um, but you also have to have that foundation in him. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that you're right on track when you say that it's, what sets one person off might not set off another person. And, and so that's really good to know because I think sometimes when we watch other people, right, we're, we're a society of watchers, right? We have all this social media and we're watching everybody else's lives. And I think sometimes that's pressure. That's added pressure on us. And we think, oh, some of us, I don't know, maybe it's just me. <laughs> like, well, maybe I should be having more fun like this person or that person, right? And that could be a trigger that could feed into anxiety and depression if I have this expectation on myself because I'm looking at other people having yeah. this life that I think they may or may not be having, right? But those are, those are some factors. My environment might be a factor. My quality of life might be a factor. Genetics could be a factor. Now, while I don't consider mental health is uh, mental health issues, it's not a sin. However, can it be a result of sin? Mm-hmm. Right? So if I am carrying on in a lifestyle of sin, could the consequence be that lead to depression? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I have anxious feelings about the lifestyle I'm leading. So it's not, and that's, I think, where sometimes the church gets a little confused sometimes. It's, it's not automatic. One, it does not mean that that is always present because it could be genetics. It could be that situational. It could be seasonal. 
<laughs> there could be a lot of different factors involved. Um, it could be hormonal. <laughs> it could be something going on biologically. Um, it could be something with random with my health. So there are a lot of factors into um, these. It could be something that has come back from my childhood that was I didn't remember until recently. Now all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I, I'm now remembering these things that happened from when I was a child. Why? Because my brain needs to process it so I can go forward and be productive. Yeah. That's just the yeah, way the brain that's works. Really good. So basically what you're saying is anything can give me anxiety. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Awesome. <laughs> feel, honestly, I feel terrified. <laughs> no, I, talk. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that is, that's, that's super helpful though. And I, you know, I was thinking about like, um, you know, Katie and I, we recently had like a, a challenging, you know, family situation. And one of the things that I noticed about myself was that like for the next like few weeks, I was just like super like on edge and just super like jumpy, you know, and like you said, kind of that like fight or flight. And so I, I think like just even understanding like those factors that like, um, like you said, Crystal, like there could be things that um, we are choosing to do that are unhealthy, but there also could be a lot of myriad of other factors that happen. Um, I, do, I did want to just talk to you for a second because um, you have a really funny phrase that you say sometimes and you specifically were talking about the idea of like we can like look at um, you know, social media or look at other people and feel like we should be doing a lot of different things or we, we almost like pile on these obligations. So what is it that you say that, that, that we, that, that to do? I, to not should on ourselves <laughs> or others. Don't should on yourselves or others. <laughs> so what does that mean? So when we put those expectations upon ourselves or other people, there is a belief behind that. When I say I should be successful by this age. I should be more uh, engaging. I should be better at this public speaking thing by now because I've been up here how many times? <laughs> should not be this hot up here this time around. <laughs> you know? what, why not? Says who? Where did that come from? When did I agree to that? Almost every time, if you track that should down by asking why, said who? Where did that come from? If you track that down, you will find a lie. You will find something that you never agreed to or that somebody imposed upon you and you just kept it. Throw it out. That's awesome. Are you going to say that? No, I was going to say a lot of the times what causes us the anxiety is irrational thoughts, you know. So, again, it's tracing back that thought process is like, well, why did that, why do I think that? And then it's like, well, you know, finding out the truth in it. Is there any truth? Like, dissect that thought statement. Like, <laughs> like you said, like, you know, and just in general, just like who, what, where, when, why? Like, what? You know, just literally di dissecting that thought process. I love that. It's such a, it's stuff you can do yourself. Mm -hmm. You said, what can we do ourselves? Mm -hmm. That's part of self-care mm -hmm. that you can do. I call it starving the monster. Because mm -hmm. you literally just kind of pull that weed right out. That's awesome. Yeah, so you guys talked about um, how the cause of anxiety and depression might not always be spiritual, and I think that's something for us to kind of dive into a little bit more because I know in the church when we talk about someone who has anxiety or depression, I know even myself, I've assumed like, oh, well, they must be doing something wrong, you know, and then I've also internalized that with myself, like when I feel 
sad or I feel anxious overreacting to that and thinking, oh, well, I must not be doing something right spiritually. Like I must need to pray more. I must need to read my, read my Bible more and go to church more, fill in the blank. It must be a spiritual issue. Um, and you stated that it can be a spiritual issue, but it isn't always a spiritual issue. So how does someone kind of unpack or uncover the root cause of their, their mental um, illness? If it, how do they know if it's spiritual? How do you know if it's physical? How do you know if it's emotional? If you guys want to dive into that. Yeah, it's honestly digging in deep and trying to find that root issue. So again, like, what was I doing that caused me the anxiety? Was I actively sinning? Like, honestly, just put it up right there. Like, was I actively sinning? Mm, okay, no, I wasn't. So then you know it's not a spiritual thing. But just trying to figure out, like, where did this stem from? Like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Um, why did this happen? And then one of the ways is, not one of the ways, is something that you can do, obviously, is, like, again, always lean on God. You know, God doesn't, he loves us so much, he doesn't want us to go through what we're going through. He doesn't want us to go through this pain. He's with us no matter what we're going through, and we just have to lean into him and trust that he's going to get us out of it we also have to do some work. Like um, faith without works is dead. So um, we gotta put in some work with that. You know, we can't just, oh, God is in control. I'm not gonna do, you know, I'm not gonna take practice self-care. Self-care is very important for you, for your um, anxiety and your depression. Um, if you just like leave it all in God's hands, like yes, leave it in God's hands, but again, you do have to do some work. Um, I like that I like that you said that because the the converse is true as well. Mm -hmm. You're also got to you have to do the work mm -hmm. to to heal. Mm -hmm. But also you're not you're not slapped with that label forever. That's yeah. not a part of your identity. Right. Yeah. I've seen the opposite be as in my presence as well where it's like, "Well, I'm depressed." Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's just me, you know, and and this is the life that I have and this is who I am. No, that's what I'm going through. That's what I'm, that's my struggle. That's, that's what I'm walking through right now. But that doesn't have to be a part of your identity. It's, you still walk through that and you still do the work that you need to do to get through whatever it is you need to get through. Um, and, and you still walk through that with God. There's still things to learn. There's still growth that can happen. There's still things that you can be used for. You're still useful right where you are. And, and it's amazing. Do you, think, do you think there can be times when we almost like put an expectation on ourselves or we allow someone else to put like an expectation on us that like we have to be like completely healed or we have to be completely like well um, where, you know, like I, I do agree with you, Damaris, like God, God, you know, his ultimate will for us, you know, is that like, you know, in heaven, we're not going to be dealing with these experiences and these issues, but we do like live in a fallen world. And so each one of us is going to have anxiety and there's going to be difficult times. So I don't know. What would you say about that is like, do, do we need like what is what is victory or, or um, you know, living in victory like look like? State the first question first, though. Sorry. Like, well, like, do, <laughs> sorry, I asked like 17 questions. Yes, in there. Sometimes I just start talking, and I'm like, I'll, I'll ask a good question in there eventually, you know? Um, yeah, I, I would just say, like, 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 what expectations should we have for victory um, over, to overcome uh, whatever we're walking through as far as, like, a mental health struggle? 
the Bible says we won. And that's <laughs> like, but you have to have the faith to believe that we've already won the victory. Okay, so it's based on faith. And if you don't have that faith, then you need to build that faith. And how can you build that faith? By, you know, going into the word, seeking his word, um, seeking after him, going to biblical counseling, seeking after him to get to know, like, I'm in this tough season, but this too shall pass because I have God in my life. You know, um, yeah. I have to agree. That is so well said. You know, I mean, how how pleasing must that be to the Lord that we come to him, that we turn to him in those times of need, and that we're there for each other when other people are hurting and when they're depressed, when we're able to suffer their pain with them, and we don't need them to be better. I think that's something that we can do for each other is sit well while they're suffering. That's hard. It's hard to watch someone suffer. Yeah, that's really good. Um, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later, just talking about kind of how we can help those in our community struggling with mental health. But would you guys say that a part of the reason for kind of the dramatic increase in anxiety and depression, obviously it can be pointed to so many different things with technology, like you're saying, and social media, and just the increase with that. But do you think a lot of it can also be attributed to almost a expectation that we should be happy all the time and that if we're not 100% happy that something's wrong with us and what would you say to someone who who thinks that all like negative emotions are cannot feel anything and and how does someone kind of address that of, of you know I'm feeling anxious but it's normal and, and you know when, when they are those normal emotions recognizing that and not overreacting and thinking that something's wrong with them and I guess, how would you guys speak into that? I wish I had a feelings wheel. Um, <laughs> there's tons of feelings and emotions out there that we don't even realize that we can be experiencing. Um, but again, and again, we do sometimes or most times, or let me speak for myself, I set myself to these high standards like, oh, I should not be feeling this way because God loves me and, you know, that's it. That's that's all I need to hope on that God loves me. And, you know, if I'm I can't be depressed, I can't be sad. I can't be, you know, anxious about this because I'm just supposed to. God loves me and that's it. You know, um, so we set ourselves to those high expectations and it's like we are human. Let's not forget that. OK, um, just because we're a Christ follower does not mean we are higher than somebody who does not believe we go through the same feelings, same emotions you know, what they struggle with, we struggle with as well. Again, we are human. We have, this is our flesh. You know, we got to fight against it. Um, but those aren't, that just, we got to let go of our high expectations, guys. And I'm also speaking to myself. <laughs> That's what gets us. Yeah, being real and transparent with our feelings and letting other people have their feelings and not judging them when they have a feeling yeah. <laughs> and and just just being open and not afraid of those feelings. And I think a lot of it is just learned, mm -hmm. like what, what we see in our environment. Mm -hmm. um, I come from a very confusing environment. My, I'm half German and half Mexican. <laughs> Made for a great temper when I was younger, by the way. <laughs> not anymore at all. <laughs> but, but, but my German grandmother was very stoic. I mean, no kisses or hugs. And, and it was funny because 
everybody on the Mexican side was all about the emotions and showing them all over the place. And, and so one year I went to a funeral, a Mexican funeral and a German funeral, and they were very different. You do not cry at this one. Okay, everybody's going to be crying at this one. Be prepared, you know. And, and, and so I learned a lot about emotions, and, it, and I was still confused. And I think when we become comfortable with our emotions and we allow other people to be expressive with their emotions around us and give them permission, then we can be a little bit more open about that and, and less judgmental. Yeah, I think throughout the scripture, we, we see that like God is not intimidated by emotion. Um, I just got a text from someone in this room, shout out to you guys, uh, that uh, reminded me of John chapter 11, verse 35, uh, which says, Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. Um, but what's amazing about that is that Jesus like knew he was going to heal like Lazarus, he knew he was going to allow him to like to, to resurrect him and call him from the grave, but he still took time to grieve and to process the fact that that death was not part of the story and that someone that he loved died, even though he was about to be like, Lazarus, you're not dead anymore, you know, and so allowing like God is not intimidated by emotions and he created the gamut of emotions, even in like the Psalms, there is so many emotions and it like, 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 like what? reading the Psalms and looking at David, it's like, this guy is like, right. <laughs> like legit, you know, has issues, you know, or whatever, um, which is amazing. But I agree with what we're all saying that we, we aren't kind to ourselves and we hold ourselves to the standard that like every day I have to feel amazing all the time because I'm a Christian or because of whatever. I thought that was a really profound question, Hannah. That was really awesome. And one more thing I just want to say, it's, it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Okay. Whether you're, angry, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're frustrated. Um, I'm trying to think of a whole bunch of other emotions, but there's a whole bunch. It's okay to feel what you're feeling, okay? Um, if you start noticing that it's causing you issues, um, again, any kind of you're pulling away from any something, that's when you should be really addressing that. And again, talk to somebody about it. It doesn't have to be a counselor. It could be a peer, but don't, you're not supposed to be doing life alone. And that's when things get really rough when we just stick to ourselves. So so we are getting kind of near the end of our time, but I do just want to transition, and Hannah, you alluded to it, you know, just the idea of, you know, many of us maybe because we're in community, you know, we hear that someone else is struggling. Um, what are some, what is the, the way that we can care for those in our community that are struggling? What are the things to do? What are the things not to do? I think it depends on the struggle. Um, you know, one of the things that you said was the feelings aren't bad. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have the feelings. We don't let the feelings drive the actions, okay? We don't live in the feelings. We don't center our whole lives around the feelings, okay? So that, but we don't ignore them either, okay? So how do you find that balance? we support each other in finding that balance. So we find a safe person and we, or we be the safe person to listen. What is it that you're feeling? Let's not judge that feeling. I'm feeling jealous of Sally because she has the, the fiance and she has the, she's planning the wedding and I am, you know, 10 years older than her and I have been waiting and I have done everything God asked me to do and I have da 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 da, da and, 
And, you know, honestly, Sally hasn't. And she's getting all these blessings. And I don't, and I know I'm not supposed to feel this way. And I can't believe I'm feeling this way. And I feel a little bit guilty for feeling this way. <laughs> so, you know, gosh, to be able to have somebody to say, you know what, I, I, I hear you. You can tell me about this. And, and I'm safe, and it's not going to go anywhere. And at the end of that conversation, I'm going to lift you up in prayer. And we're going to pray about this, right? And that conversation isn't going to go anywhere, right? And we're going to lift that up in prayer. And we're going to help her pray, pray over this, all right? So we're going to be confidential. We're going to pray. And we're going to meet them right where they are, right where they are, not judge them or call them silly or be disappointed in that person because I thought so much more of that person. I might feel that way. Oh, gosh, I thought so much of that person, and they're human too. Okay, let me deal with that in a minute. Let me take care of Sally here. <laughs> oh, glad it's not just me. <laughs> so just, you know, just be there for them. Just show up. Listen, because you know what? You have the Holy Spirit in you, and the Holy Spirit is who does the work. All you have to do is show up, mm -hmm. be present, be together, do life together. Mm -hmm. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Just love on them. Love God, love people, you know. That Pastor Mark says it all the time. Or, okay. <laughs> I was like, does he still say that? Okay. You know, honestly, that's the greatest commandment. Love God, love people, you know. And that's what we got to do. Just love on them. Um, because, again, you don't know if it's going to be you the next time that you just need somebody to love on you. And that's honestly what we need. It's just love. That's really good. Um, yeah, so just to kind of wrap up our time, uh, I know that we've discussed that the cause for anxiety and depression and different emotional things isn't always spiritual, but what would you say is, you know, as Christ followers in this realm of mental health, dealing with these things all the time, how does your faith in Christ help you um, counsel? And how does it, how does it really give us, I don't know if a leg up is the right phrase to use, but in this battle against mental health, like why, why does Jesus matter in that conversation? And why, why is he the main um, still the main hope, I guess. Because we're nothing without him. And when you realize that, it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, he, we are his children. He, I just, just, there's just so much there. Like, he has to be the foundation. And if he's not, you will be struggling. And it is going to be definitely harder. Um, like, I see, um, not all the clients I see are believers, but man, are they getting prayed for while in session? Are they, they outside of session? They are being prayed for because I know God is the ultimate healer. And even if they don't believe in it, I believe in it. And I know that God is going to heal them. And it's just, he's just there. Absolutely. And, and as far as me, this was a calling. He called mm -hmm. me to do this, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And we knew each other back before we both did this. And so when he calls me to do something, I know I can do it only because he called me to do it, right? And then when I have a client in my office who is not a Christian, who's not a Christ follower, I feel like I'm working with my hands tied. Mm -hmm. 
just to a point because I can't be open about him in there. But he and I are having conversation the whole time. <laughs> and and so it's so it matters. The the non Christians that come in, I see them back for the same issues. And and the ones who are following Jesus, I, I see them for different things sometimes, and sometimes I don't see them. And I always tell them it's my job to work myself out of a job, but he is the counselor, and he is the healer, not me. Yeah. And so that's why it's so, I mean, work is so much lighter with Jesus. And and I know what, where my place is without him, and, and the work is so much easier. And so, you know, just being able to help people understand and explore that is wonderful. It's amazing. Can we, uh, can we thank Crystal and Damaris for coming out and sharing their wisdom with us? Um, I'm just going to take a moment here uh, and we're going to have our band come back up uh, and lead us in one more song. Um, but uh, as they kind of exit stage, uh, I'm just going to take a moment and just share um, because, you know, we, we never want to, to move uh, out of a, a night like this without just like obviously sharing the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And you know, it says in uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 28, that for those who love God, um, he works all things together for their good. And so what's amazing about that is that doesn't mean that everything that happens in your life is good. Um, and it doesn't mean that, you know, God just wants you to act like everything is perfect and, and, and all bananas and lollipops or anything like that. Because there are some really difficult and some really challenging situations. There's some challenging feelings and emotions that we experience. But the truth is that ultimately the promise that we have as followers of Jesus is that we have a loving Heavenly Father who literally loves us so much that he sent his son to die for our sins so that we could have salvation and so that we could have hope and a new life. And so we know if God loves us that much to die for our sins, that he loves us enough to walk us through life. And so I just want to take a moment and just encourage us right now because we're going to take a moment and sing. And, uh, and we're going to um, just praise the Lord. And, and also we're going to have a moment uh, just if people need prayer, people need encouragement to do that. But uh, as, as we just um, end this night, I want to ask you just to, just to close your eyes for a second. Um, and, and I know that, that maybe there's some people in here who just need to take a moment and just, we're following Jesus, we're Christians, but we just need to remember that God is our Heavenly Father who loves us, who is working all things together for the good, even if we don't feel like it and even if we don't know it in the moment. Maybe we just need to renew our faith in that. And even in just our heart and in our mind, just tell the Lord that and say, God, I believe that, that you are working all things together for good. And maybe there's some people in here right now that you would even say, I don't even have a relationship with God right now. I don't have an ultimate hope. I don't have a father and a friend to walk me through this life. And so I just want to take a moment and just invite you that, that really um, God is approaching you and he wants you to have a relationship. And so he's offering out his hand and he's saying, like, take my hand. And he's not saying every moment and every situation and everything's going to be perfect or better. But he is saying that he's going to walk with you through this life, that he's going to give you peace and forgiveness for your sins and a new start and a new life because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so if that's you, take a moment and just pray to God and ask him and say, God, I just want a relationship with you. I want to have forgiveness for my sins. I want a new start. I want to be a new creation.
and ask God to just allow you to just know that you are with him and that he is with you and that his presence is gonna walk with you through this life. I wanna take a moment and just invite everyone, if you're able to, to stand to your feet. Um, Tara asked a few of you guys uh, who are my leaders to, to go and pray in the back. So if, if that's you, if you would, just go ahead and pray and, and head to the back right now. And we're gonna sing a song to close out this time and really just to lock in everything that we've learned. And so if you need to, um, you can just spend time praying to God. If you wanna just sing and rejoice to God, but if you need prayer, if there's something going on in your life and you need prayer for that, there are some people that are gonna be standing alongside the back and you could just head back there and they would love to pray for you. God, I pray that even as we finish out this service and continue that you would speak, I know you've been speaking and encouraging and lifting burdens tonight. And I pray that now as we sing, that you would continue to do that work. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.